what's up gamers and gamettes uh it is it's me it's Nerov. uh so i'm gonna do a little bit of a cozy filler episode today um it's uh, not super structured but uh, i thought what i would do is since we're um over halfway through the year i would talk about the games that i've played this year and uh my rankings of them and uh hopefully you guys can uh find a few little hidden indie gems in here of things you have not played so obviously like these are so this is actually a list of just the games that i have played this year not just ones that came out this year so there will be some older ones in here too but um yeah stick with me so um i am uh nirav and i'm just gonna uh this is gonna be sort of the tales of bossing say of this podcast except like nowhere near as good and i um will sing the song at the end so uh all right let's uh let's kick into it see here a little bit of co- it's just me by the way it's uh uh that's why we're very cozy in here As- asmr oh hold on i promised i would do this for every episode now there we go all right let's start from the bottom so i have 19 games on this list of games that i have beaten this year um which does not include things that i've played and shelved or dropped um but uh yeah so basically this year uh bottom of the list is something that i played for um our youtube channel which you should go watch which is called mayor t-rex um it is uh possibly the worst game ever made they didn't put any controls in it um they didn't put any controls in the game uh there's not much game to it you are playing as dinosaurs and you're destroying a town but you can't really move the movement keys don't really do the same thing every time like sometimes if you click w twice you'll move forward and sometimes you just will go to the side or just not move um a lot of the time and then the only button is there's like a button on the screen you have to click with the mouse for attack but all it does is like kind of explode the things near you and there's not really any there's also eight levels but they're all the same level and they're not different and um I don't really know if I need to go on. This isn't something I can explain to you. It's genuinely impressive what they managed to create. So um, youtube.com slash gamelester. Look for our playthrough of Mayor T-Rex. I am the only person. Right. Okay. As of as according to Steam DB, I am the only person on earth to have bought this game. And I did refund it during the video because it was that bad. Um, so, yeah, you're not going to get this content anywhere else, basically. Um, all right. Next one up the list is Aztec Forgotten Gods. Um, I gave this a like five out of ten. Um, so uh, I feel bad because I like the idea of this game, and there are parts of it that are really good. Um, so if you don't know this, it was premiered at like a, I think it was a Nintendo. I want to say it was an indie direct. Yeah, I think it was an indie direct last year and um, early last year, and um, basically in it, it's a it's from the same team. They're based out of Mexico, Lienzo Studios, I think. Um, it's the same team that made Mulaka, which was another game that I thought would be really good and was actually pretty bad when I played it. Um, and I wanted to support them because these uh, folks in, in Mexico are like really uh, trying to bring out and make games about their heritage and stuff like that, which is cool. But like the games are also not good, which is a problem. Um, but anyway, in Aztec, you're like this uh, young girl and you get uh, this gauntlet that's like the ancient power of the Aztecs and it lets you like fly around and stuff and um you punch things really hard and there's like rocket boosting and it's like a small open world I want to say I hesitate to even call it an open world because there isn't 
anything to do in it. You're kind of like rocketing back from one place to another, and then sometimes there's unvoiced cutscenes, and the like resolution. I don't know. Graphically, I like the art style a lot. Graphically, it does not look good. It looks bad actively. Um, major good points for this game are. Okay, this is this is the thing I should have said. It's a string of boss battles, basically, and in between you're just going around doing stupid shit, like smashing the X button. Um, each of the boss battles is super fun. There's six of them, and everything in between those boss battles kind of sucks, like pretty much as bad, actively. Um, the controls for rocketing around and stuff are pretty good. Um, they could be better, but uh, I got used to it by the end. Um, the biggest saving grace of this game to make it not actively bad to me is the music. It is fucking fantastic. It is such an, a seamless blend of thrash metal and like ancient Aztec music. Um, it's really, really good. Um, I really recommend that if nothing else, it's spelled A-Z-T-E-C-H. If nothing else, I recommend that you go listen to some of the music from the game on YouTube or something. Like, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, recommend recommend the music. Do not recommend the game. I feel really bad. I really thought it was going to be good. I even put it on my Fantasy Critic League, and it has destroyed me because I got a fucking 54. Garbage. Okay. Um, next is Ashina the Red Witch. This game was also a little conflicting for me. I gave it a 6. Uh, I reviewed it. It is... Um, you can see my review of it on our YouTube channel as well, if you want a little bit more depth. Um, it's Spirited Away, the video game, uh, essentially. Uh, it's like an isekai. There's like a young girl that gets transported away into a, a spirit land, and um, her sister is missing, and uh, you have to like break out, and there's like a bathhouse, and there's a witch who runs the bathhouse, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I really liked a lot of this game. It's a kind of a puzzle I hesitate to call it a puzzle game. I think it's just an adventure game. Like, not action adventure. It's just like a 2D pixel adventure game. Um, and I liked a lot of the story a lot. And the ending was, like, incredibly bad. Um, it is the prequel to an existing game. And so I spoke to the developer, actually, and he admitted that he sort of wrote himself into a corner because it was a prequel. And so it had to end badly, but then realized that, like, he had... By ending it the way that it does, which it canonically does, it basically contradicts literally all the themes that were presented in the story, which were really powerful. And, like, they drew a lot of attention to the themes, too. Like, it was really powerful, this theme of, um, like, doing what you do for your family and for the people that you love, for your friends, not because it is rewarding, but because it is something that you do. Like, it's... Um, it's just something like about it was it was like about always being there for each other and like not giving up sort of a thing on on other people. And the ending just completely like fucks that over and says you should hate it. You should like never. It sucks because the ending is basically just like you should always be selfish. You should always act in your own interests. Like every time everybody who acts in service of somebody else in some selfless way is punished for it at the end of the story and everyone who acts selfishly wins and it's bad and i'm not saying that necessarily is a bad ending but it is a bad ending if the themes that you present for the entire rest of this like 12 hour story are like the opposite of that um anyway this could have been an eight for me dropped to a six at the end um but anyway i don't know some people might like that 
I, I really just think it was a huge fucking misstep at the end there. Like, just kind of a thing where, it, like, the game laughs at you and invalidates everything that you've learned or cared about during the whole thing. Um, up there next to it, I have Blake, the visual novel, is the next one up. Um, this is a pretty nice little visual novel. It is, like, a it is like a visual novel. It's not a hybrid. There's not other stuff to do, like uh, Rampa or, like, Somnium Files. But, um this that's that's my caveat with this like if you like visual novels i recommend this one if you like straight visual novels where you were just reading and meeting characters and there are a few decisions you make um like three or four i want to say um it's an okay enough story i like the music a lot the music is really well done uh i like the art some of the characters are interesting i think the plot's a little bit messy but um like i said if you are into visual novels like i'm I like visual novels, so, like, I gave this a shot. Um, if you're into visual novels, you should play it. It's worth it. Um, next one up is uh, Superliminal. Um, this came out a few years ago, I want to say. Um, but I played it with my friend Annie. Uh, we played it co-op online together. And uh, it, like, very much wants to be Portal. Um, so badly that it does make some references to Portal. But... It's not Portal. Um, and I, I'm not going to fault the game for not being Portal. Uh, no, but none, none of the other... No games are. But it is uh, trying really hard to do that, and just a lot of the puzzles are kind of dumb. Especially the later ones are... And it's not because they were hard to figure out, because like a lot of them were hard to figure out, yeah. But that doesn't make a puzzle bad. It's just, like, the solutions were like kind of dumb in a way that... Uh, it felt unfair a lot of the time, and we ended up having to look up two or three things, um, which is, like, fine, but, like, it's, you know, in a puzzle game, you want to really give it a fair shake trying to figure it out yourself. Um, I think if you like 3D, if you want, like, 3D environment puzzles, like, this is a really cool idea. Um, the perspective shifting stuff is fun, but also it, like, doesn't work sometimes, which is another downside. Uh, I give this a seven, but um, I had a lot of fun with my friend Annie. Um, so shout out, and we made it. We we did it. Um, if you like three D puzzle games, I do recommend it. I think you should play it co op because it's way more fun that way. Um, I played a little bit of it solo, and I was not having fun. But um, yeah, I recommend uh, if you're into that stuff. If you're looking for a worse portal, this is it. Uh, if they made a super liminal too, I could see it being like excellent if they actually like figure out how to make better puzzles. Um, next we have another seven. We're swimming in sevens right now. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel um, came out first week of January this year, so right right at the cutoff. Um, I like I loved Yu-Gi-Oh! as a child. It's extremely important to me. Um, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged series was also a huge part of my growing up, and it's still going, in America. But, um, and the show was so huge for me, I was super duper into the trading card game when I was younger. Um, like, I was buried, like, neck deep in that for years. I have so many cards. Um, I was so into it. Um, and, uh, it was really painful a few weeks ago, I, when, when, um, Kazuki Takahashi, the, uh, creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! died. Um, he's pretty young, too. He was only 60, and it sucks. 
he uh he made something that was extremely extremely influential for me and you know um i'm i'm we're doing a Yu-Gi-Oh episode next week and i i'm excited for that because i like really i'm excited to celebrate his works he did he did so much for me and for so many people um yeah so um master duel as far as the game i like it i don't like what Yu-Gi-Oh has become uh I was not here for the XYZ stuff or the link summons or any of that stuff. Um, I stopped playing this game in like 2008, right? Or something like that. No, that would have been, it would have been in middle school. So like 2005 maybe or something like that or six, I stopped playing this game. And um, I don't know. I like, well, no, um, yeah, a little, a little bit into high school, I think. But anyway, regardless, around that area. Um, before things like the um, special summons even stuff were, like, really a big deal. Um, I do, number one, think the game is way too complicated now. But also, my main gripe with the, the game... And this is not a gripe with Master Duel. I think Master Duel is a perfect recreation of the real game. This is just a, a gripe with, like, the meta of the real game of Yu-Gi-Oh! as it is right now, competitively which is that the entire thing is just a race to see who can draw the card that is going to trigger their chain of 15 cards that is going to win the game in one turn. There's not like, there's no back and forth. I played hours and hours of this game and I only had a single match where I didn't get beaten in one single turn, like lose all 8,000 life points at once. Um, it's, it's, it's just sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, again, I don't think that's, that's not Master Duel's fault. I think it's a, it's a pretty incredible thing. It is also a little predatory in the microtransactions, but I did not buy any. Um, but yeah, I put a good like 15 hours into this and realized that it wasn't it wasn't as much like I'm so bad at this because I was bad at it because I've been so out of the game for so long. And people online are fucking horrific. Um, but it wasn't really that. It was just like, I don't like what the game has become. I I don't like that every single game is decided in a single turn. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. So, um, alright, next up the list. I did review this one, Trek to Yomi. I reviewed that before launch. Um, gave that a 7 as well. Um... I think it is a better, it does a better job as an homage to samurai films than Ghost of Tsushima, I think, but I also think that this game is not very fun. It sucks because everything else about it is fantastic. Like, the presentation is a 10 out of 10. Like, I really, really felt like I was controlling a, like, traditional, like, Kurosawa, like, seven samurai kind of thing. Like, I was in it. Um, but the gameplay just kind of sucks. It's not responsive. It feels bad to fight, which is the whole game is fighting. It's an action game. But like, oh, the directed cameras were so good. Like they, they made such a, they create such a sensation of being there. And like, it was very, very controlled. And especially the later part, like, ah, the first maybe three hours of the game, you were just fighting the same guy over and over again. And then later in the game you go to Yomi, which is hell, and, like, you start fighting demons and monsters and stuff, which is so exciting, and 
they have different abilities and you have to like learn to counter them in different ways but like the first like few hours of your game just like kind of blow and all of the good environments and stuff are at the end i had some really mixed feelings on this like i think i i mean i feel probably good about the seven because i was just so so impressed by the presentation of it like it really really felt like something special like they they achieved something cinematically that i think i haven't seen before um but yeah uh i don't think i really recommend this unless you're really looking forward to it let me say this if you are somebody who really doesn't mind bad like bad feeling gameplay and you're really really there for art and music and presentation and um vibes i guess like i would recommend it if you care about the action part of this action game, which is a big part of it, it's bad. I don't. I wouldn't recommend. Um, next up, my list. I have Point B, which is a great little game. Uh, Point B is uh, a mobile game. It's uh, by the creator of Downwell, and it was weirdly published by Netflix. So it's part of that Netflix games package. If you have Netflix, then just like go on your phone, um, open the Netflix app, and there's like a games tab now, which is insane. But it does have point B, so it's worth it. Uh, this game fucking slaps. I love it. This isn't the first good mobile game ever, but it is like the third. Um, and the first two are Bad Piggies and Phantom Rose are the other two. Um, but no, I, I um, this game is great. It feels so good to play. It's It builds so well. There's it's a, it's just a little mobile arcade like game. There's but there is a real sense of progression. Um, you feel like you're getting better at it while also getting powered up quickly, and um, it's just fun. the The music's good. Like the art is great. It just um, it's an opposite downwell. Like you're going up from the bottom and trying to go as high as you can, sort of a thing. Um, and uh, getting more and more jumps and power ups and stuff. And there's like. Yeah, you can equip, you get different powers, and you can equip more and more powers, etc. Um, it is a very good game for just, like, stalling for a little while. Like, it's, it's easy to fire it up, do one round, spend, waste, like, you know, 90 seconds or whatever, and then, like, you know, put it back. Um, so, yeah, if you have Netflix, this is a 100% recommend from me. Um, this is one of the best mobile games I've ever played, uh, hands down. So, uh, let's see... House of Ashes is next. Um, I uh, I think I've probably said before, I'm sure, that Until Dawn is just like an all-time great for me. Um, and a lot of that is because I met a lot of my closest friends, including Alyssa, uh, actually. I met her through <laughs> by playing Until Dawn because we... Um, the, the Halloween after I got to grad school, like in October, I guess, like a few months after I started grad school, um, I was on the Quidditch team, uh, sorry, quad ball team, and, um, I knew, uh, I'd, I'd made some, like, tentative friends, quote-unquote, but I didn't have any, like, real friends yet, and I sent out, like, a wide invitation to, like, people to come to my house to play this game until dawn that I had heard about, um, that I really wanted to play and you're supposed to have a group for, and everybody who showed up became my friends, <laughs> um, Grace, I think she's been on the show before, um, uh, Monica has been on the show before, uh, of course, Alyssa, you know, um, uh, I think Annie's been on the show before. So like everybody was just people who showed up for that. And 
Um, it means a lot to me for that, but I also love the game. So, um, anyway, from Supermassive Games, the Dark Anthology, whatever, Dark Pictures Anthology they've been doing has been, like, less good. They've still been okay. Um, I think Man of Madan was fine. House of Ashes was good, I would say. I'm, like, very, that's a, that's a hardcore 7.5 for me. Um, House of Ashes was good. Um, I think it's like still leaving something to be desired because it doesn't know it's being campy it's like trying to be a serious horror movie and that format just like isn't working with this um or rather like the 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 tone of a serious horror movie does not work with the until dawn slash the quarry format where the quarry does very much work and i will talk about that when we get closer to the top um but yeah house of ashes is fine ashley tisdale's in it get a group together if you like these kinds of games it's it's worth purchasing i would say for a sale if you can get it for like 20 bucks i would say go for it um i had an okay time i had a good i had a good time uh because i was hanging out with my friends my my friends from who we played until dawn together like i reconvened everybody online and we uh we played together that way um let's see oh the the thing is um the person who owns the game like stream it over discord and then have a group of people watching the stream and then like one person will do all the inputs but like each person can make a decision you set it to like couch co-op mode um so not not more than one person has to buy the game um okay let's see parkasaurus is next which of course came to me in a vision uh during dino summer um if you don't know about dino summer every saturday a new dinosaur let's play goes up on youtube.com slash game luster where i'm playing a new dinosaur game um uh, I like Parkasaurus a lot. I I might even venture to say I love it. It is a cute version of Jurassic Park. Um, it is very, very exactly Jurassic Park. Uh, you're building a dinosaur theme park. Um, the campaign is pretty fun. Um, I think it's, ex- it's an extremely long campaign. It's way too long. Uh, I spent hours and hours in the creative mode, though. I loved it. Um, it's very much like Dinosaur Tycoon. Um, it's very cartoony. Uh, I like the art a lot. And it's it's very fun and cute. Um, and it also, like, does a... It's also nice because, like, I don't like when I'm doing management games and my people die. Um, and so in this game, they don't die. They're like... It's like, oh, the egg went away or something. They make some bullshit excuse. But it's like... Um, it's fun. I don't know. I had so much fun in creative mode, though. If you're like me and you like city builders and stuff, like, um, and especially if you love dinosaurs, like, you should play this game. Uh, it's very good. I think it's a very solid eight. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good shit. I recommend. Um, the next up is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. This is great because I played this game with um, my friend Justin, and we played we played Streets of Rage four together a few years ago, whenever it came out. Um, and uh when i saw this was coming out from the same people i was like oh shit we should do that again and i let him know and we were like yeah fuck yeah so we like pined it out and got pizza and everything um we're still online for this but um you know we're eating pizza in separate states um but anyway this was a fucking blast this is this game is a lot better than than streets of rage 4 which i already thought was a good game but um this is just so much more polished the music is great oh it's so good the the theming is great like it just the pacing of the game is so much better 
your characters are so much more mobile and like you have a lot more options on how to fight and stuff like that there's a lot more strategy to it but it also isn't as stupidly challenging on the normal modes like you know we were able to do it so um i had a great time it was there's a lot of laughs and and fun and stuff and like yeah a lot of that's attributed to like who you play it with it's a co-op game so you know get some friends it's on game pass um it's it's like a two and a half hour campaign like you know just sit down for a night and, and crank it out it's a really fun game and it's a really solid uh pull for game pass to have day one so um so we're still in the eight zone but we're moving up to like eight point no we're, we're still on the eights right now i think um next one up is the walking dead season two um i played season one of the walking dead like three years ago and i really loved it that's a nine for me and it's it's near it's it's on my best of all time list um that game man oh boy it is fucking phenomenal like it deserved all those game of the year awards for sure um season two is not as good but it is still great sorry my cat that's ellie Um, she's made some sounds um season two is still great um, I think there is definitely like the characters, the the ancillary characters, the secondary characters are I think not as good for the most part um, as they were in the first game. However, I really like. Um, I think it's Clementine, man. She like is genuinely, and it's not just her. Like in the first game too, like Lee. Lee and Clementine are two of the best protagonists in video game history. Like, hands down. Um, Clementine is such a well-developed person. Especially across these two games. It's like, just to see her journey, like, from the scared little child at the beginning to, like, who she is at the end of this game, is, like, it's so personal. I'm, I'm, I'm like, starting to, to, oh my god, I'm starting to well up. Um, these games have such a good story and um, you really do feel like you're making decisions and like changing the course of things and like major stuff does change because of your decisions um, oh my god yeah I don't know I don't know what else to say um, play the first game first you, you do have to play the first game first it's very much connected um, but um play it that's all i can say uh the walking dead is phenomenal and it's sad that it's bogged down by the show (laughs) the like i wish people knew the walking dead for the the games rather than the show but um anyway let's see next up we have a plague tale innocence this is another game i've been putting off for a long time i've owned it for years um finally i got to it i played the ps5 version um so like because I heard it had really good dual sense stuff, and it does. They were right. Um, it really utilizes the dual sense in a cool way. Um, I loved this game. I think that the third act is the weakest for sure. Um, I don't think the ending's very good, and I think that they paced some stuff pretty poorly at the end. But uh, I'm, I'm getting all the bad stuff out of the way first. Like this game is fucking phenomenal. There's not another game like this right now. Like this a stealth like a stealth adventure game like this where you're like actually like uh it's just it's a linear stealth adventure game and you have so many weapons at your disposal like you have this wide set of tools and you keep getting more and more and more 
and you're playing as this uh, girl Amicia, uh, and this is during the Spanish Inquisition. You're in France, and the rats. Oh, the rats. Um, don't play this game if you don't like rats. There's a lot of rats. Um, it is such intelligent. Like moving through each area in a stealthy way. Like is the puzzle. Like it feels like a puzzle game. Like it's gonna tickle the same parts of your brain that a puzzle does. Um, but it's like a stealth game and you have, um, this really cool arsenal of things you can do and like ways you can later in the game, um, in the later chapters, you can actually, there, there are multiple ways around areas and like, you can really kind of get that, um, some of the same pleasure centers in your brain get tickled as like dishonored or, uh, or, uh, metal gear solid or Hitman. you know, like there's a, it feels a little bit kind of like an immersive sim, uh, at uh, a little bit it's not one but um i think the story for the first two acts is amazing like it's a great great story um i'm gonna say something weird and i want you to believe me and you don't have to believe me you can go play it um the english voice acting is bad it's not good and it's really not something that i've encountered a lot recently like there aren't a lot of games where the voice acting is outright bad um, it's sure, sometimes it's better in other languages, but it's not usually, like, bad. Uh, the English voice acting in this game is bad, and Amicia's voice actor, the main character, she is the worst of them. Um, all of them are bad, though. It's really just a weird sort of thing that happened, um, all the main characters, but my recommendation to you, which is what I did, is I played it in French. I also, like... Spo- uh, disclaimer, I speak French fairly well. Je suis pas français. Plus... Plus bien. But, um... I would recommend even... Su- I mean, there's subtitles and stuff, right? Like, I had subtitles on. I just didn't need to read them most of the time. But, um... It's, it is set in France in the, like, 1500s or whatever. That, that date's probably not right. That's gonna come back to haunt me. Um, but... Um, in medieval-ish times, it's set in, in France, and it's not, it's not really even just for the sake of immersion, like, the French voice acting is amazing, um, and Amicia's voice actor in, in French is amazing, like, it's, it's one of the best voice performances I've heard in a long time, uh, so yeah, I mean, you can obviously switch it up, so, you know, pick up the game, um, if you, if you, like me, do not like the English voice acting, try it out in French. See if that works for you. Um, I have some gripes about the final boss of this game, too, and who it is, and why it's not the actual person who should have been the final boss, but I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but um, we were definitely in 9 territory until the last two chapters, and then we're, like, barely holding on to an 8 at this point. So, um, I do believe Requiem, the sequel, could be, like, a very solid 9 if they just, like, learn a little bit. And, and build on what they had here. Um, all right, we're moving, we're moving, we're on, we're in 8.5 territory now. Welcome. Um, here we have the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Uh, if you have, excuse me, if you have not played the Stanley Parable, you should, first of all. It's extremely good. Um, it is one of the few games that manages to be funny consistently. Um, 
I mean, some jokes hit harder than others, but I really, like, I don't even remember a missed joke in this game. And the whole thing is jokes. Um, it is a ridiculous satire of just life as uh, somebody who just has a job. <laughs> if you have a job, you will relate to this in some way. Um, it's extremely smartly written. It is super funny. And you should play it in a group of people. Because you're constantly making decisions and choices. And the new stuff is so fucking funny. It's, like, so meta that I, like... Uh, it's, like, six levels of meta. But, like, every time you think that, like... It's not going to be funny because it's so many levels of satire away from itself. It's, like... No, here's another level of satire. And it makes it funnier. Um, it's, like... Uh, I mean, it's to the point that at the end of the game... You're literally, like, reading Steam reviews of the game from the first game in-game. And talking about them with the narrator. And, like, using them... Uh, as building blocks to build the second game, which you do in the game. Like, you build a sequel to the Stanley Parable. <laughs> it's very... It's I don't want to spoil anything more. It's extremely fucking funny. Get a group of people in a room together. Play it together. It's a great game night. It's a great, great game night. Um, it is extremely good. Play this one instead of the original, because um, the added content is, is f so good. Um... And even if you played the original one, I think there is enough added content to go back to it after all these years. Like, I was very happy with it. So, um, all right. Next up, we are at the quarry. Uh, so this is now we're entering top five territory for the year so far. Um, so I've already talked about how much I love Until Dawn. I've played it four times with four different groups of people and how much I love supermassive games and how much I was like disappointed by <laughs> Some of the Dark Anthology stuff and also Hidden Agenda kind of sucked. Um, but uh, the quarry is uh, fucking finally they did it. They did it again. This, this, is the, this is it. This is the follow-up to Until Dawn that everybody was waiting for and begging for. And they just did it. Which makes me think, like, why didn't they just do that before? Um, probably the reason being that uh, 2K Games published this and probably was uh, a little more open with their checkbook than Bandai Namco has been um is but they have some great great talent in this brenda song is there they're not going to stop until they collect every member of the sweet life cast um justice smith uh who's in detective pikachu he's in this and he's actually a lot better than he was in that movie in this um uh fucking what's his name david arquette um this guy from scream he's in it um he's great there's a lot of really good actors in it. And, oh my god, I keep forgetting the name of the woman who plays the witch. Um, oh, so good. Such a good performance. Mind-blowing. I played this with Kristen, and um, we did this the same way over Discord together. Um, where I was, like, broadcasting it to her, and she was making decisions for her characters, and I was making them for mine. Um, amazing game. I think there were a few parts at the end where I felt sh where things felt a little railroaded, and... I don't feel like feel like the, the consequences of the decisions were very fair because they seem like they had been predetermined, um, which is why this isn't like a higher score. Like I'd say this is an eight point five for me. Probably round, I rounded it down to an eight because uh, for our official review because we only do whole numbers. Um, but yeah, look youtube.com slash game luster. My full review of this game is up there. Check it out. Um. I promise you will, if you liked Until Dawn, you will love this. It's, it's, they did it again and it feels good. Um, okay. Number four. I don't think we're at the drum roll part yet, actually. Um, number four is Pokemon Legends Arceus. 
Um, we are in Nine Town now, baby. That's right, we made it. Welcome to Nine Town, everybody. Um, I cannot believe how good this game is. I, if you've listened to this show before, I am sure that you know how much I love Pokemon. I've been there since day one. I've played every fucking game in this franchise. I've played most of the spinoffs, and there are a lot of them. I've watched the TV show, obviously, like everybody else did. Um, but yeah, I um, I love Pokemon. I, it's like uh, it is a thing that I will always love, no matter how shittily Game Freak and Nintendo treat us and it, the franchise itself. Um, which is bad sometimes, but um. Yeah, it's it's closer to my heart than any other media thing, for sure. It um it's really important to me. And this game was the first time in a decade that I felt like Game Freak cared about the game as much as I did. And yes, let's get the shitty thing out of the way first. It looks so bad. It looks extremely bad. It runs okay. And I think that's a big saving grace, is the performance is pretty good. It, it holds a solid 30 FPS pretty much all the time. Uh, there's a few dips here and there, but, like, it's it's pretty good. Um, but, like, the resolution of the textures is, like, so bad. It's like you look at this Pikachu and there's six pixels in him. Um, so, putting that aside, everything else about this game is phenomenal. Um, and... Like, the, the catching mechanics are so good. The open world nature of it feels so good. Um, the open world is a little empty, I will say. There could be a little bit more stuff to do when they make the next one. Um, but because it is filled with Pokemon, it doesn't feel as empty as it actually is, if that makes sense. Um, they did a great job bringing the Pokemon to life, having them use their real behaviors from the Pokedex and just live out in the wild, and you can just watch them. And it's so genius so genius that the game is about you going back in time and creating the first pokedex so it's like the pokedex that i'm using to reference to learn about what happens when ekans uses poison sting is because this character in arceus like went back to the past like in the past they sat there and they observed ekans using poison sting like six or seven times and wrote out notes about it and they made an entry in the pokedex for the for the move and it's like Yes, yeah, so that that's the thing is like you're filling out your your decks so naturally by like just watching Pokemon be Pokemon and when they fight, sometimes they fight. And like um the exploration aspects of it were so fun. Like the boss battles were pretty good. I think the dodge rolling thing was good. I liked it. It um I think they're whenever they do the next one, I think there should be a little bit more action stuff for the trainer to do. Being able to move around during battles is so huge. All these new items are so good. There's like 30 different kinds of balls that you use to catch different Pokemon in different situations. Don't have to get into battle with them to catch them. Like, I'm so happy this game exists. Like, it gives me so much hope for the future of this franchise. And like, I think Scarlet and Violet are going to be fine. Um, I don't think they're going to blow me away. I think, I'll, I think I'm going to like them more than Sword and Shield. Um, but I also am not expecting a lot. Um, but whenever the next Pokemon Legends game comes out, like, that is the one. Holy shit, I'm so excited. Um, I'm very happy. I'm just happy. I'm happy that 
I'm for again in over ten years for the first time just like excited about this franchise and its future. Oh, Ellie says yes too. Ellie's also excited. She was a big fan. Um. Okay. So, number three. Now we can start drum rolling. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, baby. That's right. We're in here. So, Kerbo. My good friend. I've played a lot of the Kirby games. Um, I really like a lot of his games. Um, I love most of them, I would say. Triple Deluxe is amazing. Um, I really liked Rainbow Curse a lot. I mean, the older games are great. Amazing Mirror is really good. Um, uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? I loved Kirby 64 so much. The Crystal Shards, it's such a good game. And the music slaps so good. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm a longtime fan of Kirby, is what I'm getting at. Um, so... I was like, when this game came out, and I saw the reviews and stuff, and I was like, holy shit, I gotta do this. And I was like, um, I was a little disappointed, because um, I think other Kirby fans will agree, like, Star Allies was not great. Like, I think I'd give it a 6, probably. It's, like, kind of disappointing for Nintendo. Um, But, like, this is amazing. This is the best game in the franchise, and it's not close. Uh, Forgotten Land is so good. Kirby's transition to 3D is so, so smooth. Like, it feels so good. Um, It really follows the design principles of Mario 3D World, and, like, it is as polished as a mainline Mario game. Like, this game is so pristine. Like, it is is so well-made and cleverly crafted that it feels, like, as cleverly crafted as Mario Odyssey. Um, And it just does such a good job of, like... The thing I said was, like, it's little secrets. Every single thing that you do in this game is going to end you up with, like, a little tiny reward. And maybe the reward doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's, like, a coin or a little star or something. That doesn't really mean a lot. But, like, it is constantly giving you these tiny rewards for just experimenting with your powers. And leveling up the powers felt great, too. I loved that. There's three levels of powers, and they keep getting crazier. Um, The story's pretty good. Um... I like the ending a lot. It does, of course, turn into an eldritch horror thing at the end. Um, I love Elfin, the companion. I, I'm i actually going to be really sad if he doesn't come back for the next game. I don't think... You can correct me. I'm sure somebody will if I'm wrong. But I don't think Kirby's had a companion before. Um, but Elfin's such a good companion. I am going to be severely sad if he's not in the next game. Um... Anyway, Forgotten Land is amazing. The music is so good. Uh, the there's a there's a song called the Pl- the wastes where life began. That is like the the biggest bop of, of 2022. Um, and but all the music's so good. Like the platforming feels so smooth. There's so much little stuff to discover. It's every second, every second you're finding something. Um, I just, um, I'm so impressed. Hal Labs, you guys are, like, take a bow, kings. You guys did such a good job. Holy shit. Um, all right, number two. Um, number two is Elden Ring. Uh, basic as shit, I know, but at least it's not number one. So just, like, bear with me. I know you guys have heard of, like, the hidden indie gem Elden Ring. I probably don't need to talk about it too much. Um, all I will say is that um, I don't like the Souls games. I th- hate Dark Souls, actually, and I hate Bloodborne. I really liked Sekiro a lot. 
I loved Sekiro, actually. Um, but this is a Souls game. It very much is. Uh, the difference is that I could do it. It didn't fucking kick me in the ass every time I, like, couldn't kill something a billion times stronger than me. It's just like, alright. There's so many save points. They are everywhere. It's perfect. Like, it's perfectly spaced. There's so many save points. And it's so easy to get runes back that, like, for the first, like, I don't know, like, 30 or 40 levels, like, if you die and lose your runes, like, you can just get them back within, like, minutes at most. Like... There was a, especially for the first few levels, there was a place I found near one of, near a, near a Titan where there was a bunch of little gremlins. Uh, I don't know what their names are, but like, and I would just like, oh, if I lost my runes, I would just like run through and kill them. And it took less than a minute and I would get them all back. Like, um, it's very gracious about giving you runes, uh, especially for the first like 30 to 40 levels. Um, man, what a fucking joy. Like to explore this world and to realize that like video games have just been hindering themselves for years. Like I know it's fucking been said to death, but like this, this game made me feel like I was playing breath of the wild for the first time again, which you know is like my second or third favorite game of all time. Um, pretty much all my issues with the souls games are remedied in this. Um, it just is, it's much easier. Um, it's not, but it's not that the challenges, it's not that the monsters are easier to fight. They are still souls monsters and they're still that difficult, but it's so easy to make your character stronger. And it is so easy to like, this is the, this is the trick of it. And I'm going to leave this alone because I could ramble about this game for years um, and how amazing it is. If something is too hard, you can just leave. It does not matter where you are or what you're doing. If an enemy is too hard and you're in the middle of a fight, just leave. Get on your horse and leave. That's it. Go anywhere else. It is brilliant. And yes, every time I ran into a monster that was too strong, I would get on my horse and I would leave. And I would go somewhere else. And I would, and, and just by doing that and traveling around and seeing the world like that, like I leveled up at an ex perfect pace and geez, man, like again, I, I, that we have, um, if you want to, if you want to hear more about, I don't know why you would, cause everyone's talked about it to death, but like, if you want to hear more about what I thought of Elden Ring, like we have an impressions episode from, uh, like af right after it came out in the feed, if you just scroll down, you'll find it. Um, Jesus Christ, man. What a game. What a video game. Um, like, every five years we get something that shatters the industry forever. Like, we had Skyrim, and then we had Breath of the Wild, and then Elden Ring. Like, And yes, I fell into that pit of people who like was playing Horizon Forbidden West, and then I started playing Elden Ring, and I realized I hated everything about Horizon. Um, which I feel bad about. But, like, it just it's it's so hard to like go back to other open world video games like especially the ubisoft like far cry oh my god i love far cry 4 and i thought far cry 5 was good but like i've been playing far cry 6 the last few days and it's driving me fucking insane like i hate everything about the game design of it because it's like there's another way like elden ring has shown there's another way you don't have to have anything on the screen 
you don't have to tell anybody what to do or where to go at any time. Like, you can just live and exist in the world. Um, okay, I'm rambling. Even if you think the Souls games are too hard, which I think they are too, and I think it's unfair and bad, Elden Ring is not too hard. I beat this game. Whoever you are, you can beat this game. It is not easier than the other games, but it is way more manageable, and it feels better. It doesn't punish you for being bad at the game. It doesn't feel like it's laughing at you or making fun of you for being so bad at the game. It's just you're constantly growing. So if you are somebody who doesn't like the Souls games, I think that there is still room for you to love Elden Ring. I'm not guaranteeing it, obviously, but like there is still very much a, a chance, a good chance, in my opinion, that you will love Elden Ring. Um, and man, if you had told me six months ago that a Souls game was going to be on my top of all time list, I would have called you fucking insane. But here we are. Um... Okay, and number one. Uh, number one is AI, the Somnium Files, the Nirvana Initiative. So, if you don't know what this is, or if you like are straining and like, what is that? Um, if you know the Zero Escape trilogy, which people um, I think are starting to find out more about because of these games. Um, the Zero Escape games, they're first of all, they're on game pass so you should turn this off and play them right now but um they're some of my favorite games ever the first game is called 999 the second one is called virtue's last reward and the third one is called zero time dilemma um these games are huge and i i think that virtue's last reward the second game is probably the most intelligently written and structured video game of all time still um it completely broke my mind i did not even realize like video games could be like it's so oh my god but this is not an ad for zero escape although you should play them um there's a collection uh of so there's a collection remaster of the first two games with added cut content for the second game and that is called the known it's called zero escape the nonary games that is on playstation xbox game pass and on pc so um play that version i um, I played the originals, you know, on the DS, and um, I think the remasters are superior in pretty much every way, so I would just go for those. Um, anyway, moving on. Those games were made by Kotaro Uchikoshi, who's a brilliant, brilliant man, uh, who's a director who was working at Spike Chunsoft. Um, Spike Chunsoft is also famous for the Danganronpa games. Um, but Uchikoshi uh, made this game, AI The Somnium Files, in 2019 that released um that game was great i loved it actually uh, i gave it an eight it's a really solid eight it's it gets a little bit too anime horny sometimes but it's like super great it's a great game um it is a it's not super similar to zero escape it is a detective thriller uh but also like a 3d puzzle uh thing and um i really liked i i think the first game is great like um I would go play that. It's on Game Pass as well, um, but it's it's on all the platforms. Um, so I did not think that this game was going to get a sequel because 
right after the game came out, Uchikoshi announced that he was going to be leaving Spike Chunsoft and starting his own studio uh, with uh, Kodaka. The uh, um, so uh, Uchikoshi and um, Kodaka, who is the creator of Danganronpa, the the director of those games, left and they formed their own studio together called Two Q Games. The first game that 2Q Games put out was The World's End Club, which kind of bombed, which is sad. I have not gotten to it yet because I've heard it's bad. Um, but they announced last year that um, Uchikoshi was coming back as a consultant to direct a sequel to The Somnium Files. And I was like, I just instantly knew. I was like, this is going to be a, a, a masterpiece. Like, they, like, he's taken notes. He's learned. The studio is much better equipped. They have they have a lot more money now. The studio is much huger now. Like they got the resources. Like this is going to be it. Um, and I was right. I was right. This game is a ten. Welcome, AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative to the Hall of Tens. There are sixteen games in the Hall of Tens. It's prestigious, so it's hard to get in there. Um, so welcome to our newest member. Um, I don't even know how to describe this game. It is amazing. It is the funniest game I have ever played. It is so smartly written. The twist is amazing. The detective thriller stuff is great. The characters are so good. It is some of the best voice acting I've heard in years. Um, there are some people that you may know from my, from YouTube, such as uh, Amelie, who is voicing Kazunia, and uh, Sungwon Cho, ProZD, who is uh, voicing Gen. Um, but all of the voice talent is amazing. The music is so good. The music is one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. And is the best music this year. For sure. Um, go listen to Lien Somnium. That one just makes me like cry. Because it's like I've never heard a song that condensed a character into sound so well. And I was like, oh. I think Keisuke Ito... I'm, I'm probably saying, remembering the wrong name, but I think that's the composer. Um, I reviewed this game as well on our YouTube channel, so check that out if you want to learn more about it. I recommend playing the first game first. You don't have to. Um, they actually ask you in-game, in-character, if you played the first game, and they quiz you on it to make sure you're not lying. But there is a little ticker tape thing at the top of the screen that will give you inform- It'll give you context about things that are happening and be like, Oh, in the last game, this happened. That's why this person is saying this. And like, um, so you can definitely play this game without playing the first one. I wouldn't because a lot of the characters are returning characters and it's like, it's really nice seeing them grow and and stuff like that. Um, And there's a lot of jokes and references to the first game. Um, I'm going to tantalize you a little bit. I want to wrap this up in the next five minutes. So, um, I want to tantalize you a little bit. There's a serial killer uh, named Terror, T-E-A-R-E-R. Um, and he is uh, serial killing people by cutting them in half at a molecular level. And then like people are finding half, like bisected straight down the middle from top to bottom. People are finding half of a person at locations. And nobody knows how, he, how he's doing this or why. And um, you start the first half of the game as Ryuki, who is a junior cop who's on his first case as lead detective. And um, there's in this world, there's these little AI balls, uh, which are eyeballs. So Tama is this little AI. She lives in your eye. 
and she can scan stuff and like she's very sassy they have such a ryuki and tama have such a good relationship it is so prone to comedy it is so funny i love them um i'm i'm gonna get upset thinking about how good this game was the story is so brilliant like all of the characters are so well written and like so well acted and it's so suspenseful like you are really guessing right up until you're not like what the thing is um who's doing it why they're behind it etc it's oh my god i really can't sing enough praises for this game which is why i really recommend you just go listen to my review if you want to learn more about it um but yeah so uh this is absolutely going to be my game of the year um i think the only thing that could challenge it maybe it's not going to challenge it i mean like mario rabbids uh sparks of hope and then bayonetta 3 are my two big games that are still coming out this year um but i know neither of those are going to top this one um wow i'm i every day i, I just sit there and I, i'm praying that the dlc leak was real there's a there was a leak that there's going to be three story dlcs for this game which would be insane because spike chunsoft has never done story dlc before but um god i am hoping and praying i want to spend so much more time with these characters um i'm, I'm thinking about them every day um <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, I got worked up there at the end, but we hit it in just under an hour. Perfect. So, thank you guys for joining me for this filler episode. We're going to be back with our regular stuff next week. Um, I hope that everybody is doing well, I guess. I'm uh, not sure how to outro this on my own. <sighs> what if I... Um... Hmm. I'm just going to say... Um... Big, big time video games. Go get them. They're out there. And also, if you missed our last episode, it's our two year anniversary special. Make sure to check that out. I'm really proud of it. Um, also, I've been getting a question from a few people. If, if I want to start listening to this podcast in order, where would I start? Uh, my recommendation is that you start on, I think it's episode 24, but it's the Stardew Valley episode. Um, that is the first episode where I actually started the current quote-unquote sort of format um there was still an older format that it's a little bit different and it's definitely less good quality but like like audio wise but um it's still really good um i'm 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 that that is the point where i'm not embarrassed of the show going forward (laughs) i i would rather nobody listen to the first 23 episodes of the show um but anyway yeah start at the stardew valley episode if you're interested um okay i think that's everything thank you guys for joining me um 2022 has been great for games so far um my two biggest games which were starfield and breath of the wild 2 got delayed in next year but that's just more good stuff to wait for for me um yeah and uh yeah i'm i'm excited so uh hit us up on twitter gamebusters pod um remember we have a website now gamebusterspod.com uh you can find all the shit there you can download the episodes too that's something i probably didn't make clear before uh, all of our episodes are available for download right when they go up. So if you're somebody who likes to download media and listen to it through a certain player or whatever, we have that for you now. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Instagram at Game Luster, all that stuff. So uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Gandizi or don't. So thank you guys for joining me once again. I am so, so grateful for fucking 7,000 listens. Um, let's get 7,000 more on there. I'll see you next week.